Hey, good morning, my wonderful, beautiful people. This is Ashley Campbell. So this is kind of a different episode today. I'm recording a video podcast as I'm doing a live book on Facebook. So I decided to record on my phone the video part for the podcast and then go live on Facebook and talk to you guys at the same time. Anchor has this new thing now where I can do um, video podcasts. I've never done one yet, so this is going to be the first one. But um, I have some really important stuff I want to talk to you guys about today that's, you know, just came into my mind and heart, something I've been wanting to talk about, and uh, I figured today would be a good day to do it, so it'll be on the podcast down the road, and it's also going to be on Facebook for you guys, but before I get into the thing I'm talking about today, okay, can you guys relate a common problem for most, money, does anybody on here know what I'm talking about, have you guys ever worried about money, have you guys ever worried about money, okay, it's a very common thing, and I want to try to take this common money problem, apply it to the context of what people are going through right now as far as, oh crap, what am I going to do if I uh, decide to do something that goes against my conscious will, right? Especially when it comes to employment and certain, you know, suffocating mandates and regulations they're trying to put on you in order to keep your job, all right? We need to talk about this and uh, especially the church. And so I want to um, share some things with you guys that You know, I believe it's a different perspective. Um, What I'm going to talk about today is definitely not something I've heard the Christian community discuss. But, you know, I think it's relevant. It's another perspective. And you guys can hear and you guys can judge however you want as far as whether you agree with it or not. It doesn't matter. The point is it's another perspective. It's another way to look at something. And Jesus already told us to be shrewd. You guys know what it means to be shrewd? To be shrewd means to have the ability to look at something from more than one angle. And so that's all I'm doing is looking at a a common problem from another angle, especially from a character in the Bible that most people say they cannot relate to, all right? So before we get into it really quick, you guys, so as you know, I have a contract with Trilogy Christian Publishing, which is a branch off of TBN, Trilogy Broadcasting Network, and they have offered me a contract to get my book published as well as do a commercial on TBN. This stuff is not gonna be cheap, and I need your guys' help. So I figured I would share with you really, really quick. If you want to help me, and maybe you want to like sort of get something out of your return, <laughs> not that you wouldn't, right? You guys are going to get a really awesome devotional, and uh, you know you get all this content on here for free. But um, you guys can go to my website, uh, dailyencouragementwithashleycampbell.com. Click on the daily merch, and I've got these sweatshirts, okay? So for my friends out there who... Uh, are going against the woke mob, all right? So it says woke on the front, all right? I don't know if you guys can see this over here. And on the back, this is for my real true rebels, okay? Check this out. Let me hold it up for y'all really, really quick. So I'm gonna go with this Facebook first. It says, free from ignorance and misinformation. You guys see that? Free from ignorance and misinformation. So that is one option that you have for a woke sweatshirt, for the woke culture, right? If you want to be disobedient to them. But then there's also another one that I made uh, for like the Christian community. I made this back when that word became popular and I didn't even know what the heck it was. So the Lord must have been doing something, all right? So this one also says woke. And this one has a scripture on the back. And it says, um, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. So that's my definition of woke as being a Christian. You would know the hope that he has called you. You would be walking in the revelation of that. 
all right, and uh, you'd be free from ignorance and misinformation, right? Us as Christians, especially in the context of our relationship with the Lord, the reason that people get in so much bondage is because they don't understand their own ignorance and, uh, you know, they don't know how to necessarily navigate how to get what they need in that way, right? So anyway, you guys, there's that sweatshirt and then there's the other one. You guys can go to my website, um, dailyencouragementofashlecampbell.com, click on the daily merch link. And it'll take you to the, the Teespring link where you can order a sweatshirt, okay? So I want to share that with you guys really, really quick. Let me set these down real fast. The other thing I want to share with you really quick before we get into this, you guys, is the podcast. You guys, be sure to check this out. I've got episodes releasing Monday through Thursday right now. And um, so this week, uh, you, are someone else, you are someone else's Moses, who is Pharaoh, the relationship between Pharaoh and Egypt, how it's relevant to you. And then how people behave versus how you respond. This is all in the context of when God was delivering the Israelites out of Egypt and how we can apply this very thing to our own lives. Okay, you guys, we got to know how to take all the scriptures and, and see ourselves in these things and be able to walk them out today, right? God did not give us this word for it to just be something that you hear and do nothing with, right? He says, my word is a seed. It's going to produce, but we got to know how to uh, articulate, get this into our hearts, Okay. So this was something that kind of popped into my mind yesterday and I just wanted to share it, especially because there is a lot of stress out there in the world, right? People are worried about losing their jobs and finances and, you know, that's completely understandable. My husband actually just found out yesterday that if he doesn't, uh, he's got, you know, they want to see either proof or, you know, I think you could do a religious exemption or a medical exemption. So we'll see how that goes, right, as far as all of that stuff. But, you know, um, every single person <laughs> is facing this stuff, right? And so as a Christian, though, uh, we should be able to understand our relationship with the Lord in such a way that we know whose economy that we're under, okay, whose government. You're either under the government of Pharaoh or you're underneath the government of God. All right, being underneath the government of Pharaoh is oppressive and you're always going to be worried about your livelihood. Being underneath the government of God, you're going to walk in your own authority. He's going to give you your own promises, your own land. He's going to teach you to walk in your authority and your livelihood will not be dependent upon anyone else except for him, right? And uh, you guys, I don't know how many of you have read the Bible. You know, hopefully you guys, especially if you're a Christian, you're spending time with the Lord and his word. But he says he has plans to prosper us. He uh, wants to give us hope in the future. He says we are heirs of the kingdom. Everything he has is ours. Um, you guys, we need to pray that God will open up our eyes uh, to that reality of him being our father and giving us everything that we need for life and godliness. That this will be a literal reality for us. So when we are faced with decisions that we know we don't want to make, we go ahead and do it, right? Think about everybody always talks about Daniel and the courage that he had, right? You know, we have to be like that. We cannot go against go against our conscious wills in, in relationship to the things that are going on in the current world and the current administration. You guys have to be able to stand on your own two feet like he did. And you guys, it, you'd be amazed at the influence that we could have as a, as people, if we just said, this is what we're doing. We're not going to follow your decrees. Right. And then once you go through that and you follow through because you know, the God you serve, it could change the whole trajectory of a nation. If you guys remember, right, Daniel had uh, said, I'm not going to bow down to this dude. And the, the king actually literally wrote a decree saying that your God is going to be our God, right? So you, go, you don't know the influence that you're going to have just based upon you following 
your convictions, right? And not letting your livelihood be on the line. All right. The Lord will never do that to you. He's just, he just wants, he's literally when we go through stuff like this, he's revealing our foundation that we're on. We're either literally believing what he says, that he has plans to prosper us, that he's our father. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. Everything is yours. Or you don't you either believe it or you don't. And he's going to allow us, you, me, to go through experiences to test our words, right? How do you guys know someone's faithful to you? You go through stuff together. Well, and then whether they keep your words or not is really the determining factor of the type of character that they have and whether that person is even worthy of, of you continuing on with them, if that makes any sense. You know, um, there's a reason why Jesus said, he who keeps my words, my commands, I will show myself to him. You know, a lot of times people find themselves showing themselves to people that don't keep their words, right? Think about, you know, women who get in relationship with these dudes, start literally showing themselves, right? You know, let's just say all the way down to in the bedroom, right? And they don't even know who these people are. They're not even giving time to find out if this person is actually trustworthy and is going to be able to, uh, you know, demonstrate that they have the character to be in relationship with you, right? What kind of people do you want in your life, right? These are things we got to ask ourselves. So anyway, let's talk about this, you guys. It's already been nine minutes. So a common problem for all or for most Let's talk about money. All right. Now, here's the thing. You guys remember Judas, right? Let's talk about Judas. A lot of us like to say that we're not Judas, that we would never betray the Lord. Or if you're really humble, that you have betrayed the Lord, but you repented, right? Or whatever. But most of us don't see ourselves as, you know, betraying the Lord if you are still following him, right? And, you know, I was thinking, I, I remember reading about Judas, you know, reading this story of Judas a few years ago. And as I was reading it, I swear the Lord gave me a completely different perspective on Judas that most don't have. And like I said, uh, is, is, is definitely something not discussed. And so if you guys look at Matthew, right, I'm, I'm going to take you guys on a ride. Okay. So just bear with me. This is going to be a longer video. Um, I'll try not to make it too long, but this is important and we got to talk about this stuff. Okay. So Matthew, let's go to Matthew 26. All right, let's start there. So it's the Passover. Jesus just got done washing everybody's feet. That will be another video. You guys, that I'm really excited to talk about. We need to talk about washing each other's feet and what that literally means. Okay. And it's not the typical doing nice things for people that is usually talked about. Okay. I got something a little bit deeper for you guys, but we're going to save that for another video. Okay. So, uh, it's the Passover. Jesus is hanging with his disciples. He just got done washing their feet. Now they're breaking bread together. All right. Now let's, uh, let me see here. Where, how else can we, uh, set the scene? Okay. So before, before they break bread, and before they are having their last supper together, they're hanging out and it says, well, Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper. A woman came to him with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. Y'all remember that, right? It says, when the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, right? Okay, this perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Isn't it funny how sometimes we Christianize everything, right? You know, instead of being honest about our motives, like, 
that's wasteful or we, we, you know, why would you do that? Like, I don't know. Given to the poor. Do you really think that that was really what was going to happen? Hold on just a second, you guys. What do you need, Nick? We got mail. Okay. I'll set it on my bed. Okay. So, why this waste? This perfume could have been sold at a high price, right? Okay. So, aware of this, Jesus said, why are you bothering this woman? Okay. So, it says, then one of the twelve... Uh, the one called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? Now, this is where, you know, a lot of people, I think, when you look at the scriptures, kind of miss this part. All right. Now, if we look over here, if you guys go to John 14, and it says, after Judas... I would say, since Judas had charge of the money bag. Did you guys know that Judas had charge of the money bag? Do you think that was a coincidence? Obviously, the disciples worried about money. And I think the one that worried about money the most, Judas, was given the money bag. And I think that I think there is a symbolism in that. And I'm going to share that with you guys here in just a little bit. Let me just keep moving on here, okay? So, they're all hanging out together. They're sitting at the table. Let's go to the Last Supper, Okay. So after Jesus gets this expensive oil poured on his feet, gets anointed because first burial, as he says, now they're going over here to the last supper. Let's talk about this. So they go to the last supper and when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. And while they were eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. All right. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, surely you don't mean me, Lord, right? No one ever thinks they're going to betray the Lord, right? Why is that? Why do you think you won't betray the Lord? Because it's not intentional. You don't think you would betray the Lord intentionally, right? I mean, come on. So the disciples did. Okay. Uh, surely not me, Lord. Surely I would not do that. Right? Come on. I'm sure you guys can relate to that. Just like you don't wake up in the morning and think that you're literally going to ruin somebody's day or life or have a bad day. Do you, do you not intend to have a good day every day when you wake up? Come on, you guys, right? You wake up, I want to have a good day today. So, they're asking the Lord that. Then, they were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. All right, the Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Okay? So, then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Right? Even Judas is being pricked to his heart with those words, knowing that he had went to the chief priests saying, hey, what, what will you give me if I, you know, sell out, right? What was Judas looking for? He's looking for some money, right? Okay. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, surely. Jesus answered, you have said so. Yes, you're going to be the one, bro. But check this out, you guys. Oh, my gosh. I remember the first time I read this and saw this. I was just in tears, realizing the forgiveness and the mercy of God. Check this out. Yeah, you're going to be the one that's going to betray me. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Do you guys realize what Jesus just did for Judas? Do you think that Jesus was being um, two-faced when he gave Judas the bread? What does the bread symbolize? He says, this is my body given for you, right? So he gives them, he gives them the bread. 
Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he drank it. He drank it. Uh, he drank it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. All of you. Judas, the one who was going to betray. Take this bread. Drink this. What was the, what was the blood for? Forgiveness. What was, what's the bread? The blood is forgiveness. The bread is the revelation, right? His body, his blood. Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, right? Blood of the covenant. God's going to keep his covenant because the blood that was shed. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. He put it and he, it, it, he staked his life on it, right? This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine it's from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. All right. So Jesus tells Judas he's going to betray him. Yeah, you're going to be the one, bro. Okay. He tells him that. And then he offers him the bread and gives him the blood, gives him the, the wine, which symbolizes forgiveness. He gave it to all of his disciples. All right. Even the one that he said, you're going to betray me. This is important to put into our minds, you guys. Okay. And, and we're going to continue to get into this. So, um, he offers him forgiveness and let's go here to go to Mark 14. You know, the one who's eating with me, the one who dips bread into the bowl with me, you know, he gives it to him. Take this. This is my blood of the covenant. Now what happens? We already know what happens, right? Judas goes and, you know, it says, uh, let's go over here. It says, uh, so after he took it, Jesus said, is the one, so we're going over here to John now, John 13. Jesus answered, is, it is the one to whom I will give the, this piece of bread when I dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas and the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. Isn't it amazing how people are not aware of the thoughts that are influencing them? It says Satan entered him, just like Peter. When Jesus said, get behind me, get behind me, Satan. Isn't it amazing how we don't even know when we're being used by our enemy? We have no idea. And this is why it's so important to be aware, you guys. Oh, man. Not only aware of ourselves, but really aware of uh Jesus Christ, his words, his forgiveness, all this kind of stuff. This is all very vital. All right. So, um, let me, let me back up here. So he gives him, he gives him the bread. So, so Jesus told him what you are about to do, do quickly. And then, but no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went off and it was night. Now, here's, here's my thoughts on this. I think Judas had a money problem. I think he worried about money just like me and just like you. Okay? I think that he was not content with knowing that he had the money bag. He could probably use it for whatever he needed. And he didn't have to sell any, he didn't have to sell himself out or anybody else out for his own livelihood. Okay? So he takes it. Now, of course, let's uh 
Let's go over here to, I think it's, let me, I'll have to put this back here, you guys. I'm, I'm going to take you on another ride. Let's go over here to Matthew. So Judas takes off, does what he needs to do, right? And at the same time, it's funny. Y'all always give Judas a hard time. What about Peter? Both disciples are about to go through the same thing, all right? We're, we'll get into that in just a second. So... Peter denies the Lord. Judas betrays the Lord, right? And, and like I said, we're, we're going to get to that in just a second. So Peter, this is Matthew 26. So, and, in this, and it's interesting because after Judas leaves, uh, Jesus tells Peter that you're going to deny me. Now, let's ask a question. And I thought I wrote this down somewhere. Let me see if I can find it. Does not denial and betrayal feel the exact same? When someone denies your personhood, denies you being in relationship with you, does not not feel like a betrayal? And does not betrayal feel like a denial? Are they not really the same sins? You know, in a way, they make you feel the same. And it's interesting that both did it. The one, they were both with the Lord. One betrayed, one denied. Are they any different? Right. Let me tell you, it, it, it wasn't so much the sin as it was the response of each person. That's so different. And let's talk about that. OK. So Judas, let's go back to our buddy Judas over here. Right. Let, let's let's see if we can relate to him. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away and handed him over to the pilot, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, right, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. You guys all thought that, you know, it was Judas's plan to betray the Lord. He knew he was going to betray him. But he didn't know his betrayal was going to lead to Jesus's condemnation. That's different. You know, he's like, well, I didn't intend that. It's like, well, I knew I was doing this, but I really didn't think it was going to go that far. Right. He's like, well, you know, if I get this money, that seemed like a good thing, right? I mean, come on, don't you need money to survive? Don't we all? What are you willing to do or not do for the sake of survival? Isn't it interesting? You know, are we going to compromise? You know, because I'm sure that's all, that's all Judas. I, I believe that's all Judas's motive was. His motive was 30 pieces of silver. Again, in his mind, he perceived he had lack, right? Didn't have enough, even though, even though God had already given him the money bag. I'm sure that, like I said, I'm sure there was a, uh, there's some symbolism in that. You know, when you don't accept what he's already given you, or when you don't accept what he's already given, what you need, you may compromise. I don't think it was a coincidence that Judas was in charge of the money bag. He had all access to whatever money he needed to do whatever he needed to do. Maybe all he needed to do was ask, right? Isn't it amazing how you can have everything at your disposal as a child of God? Jesus says that everything is yours. And, and, and because you don't humble yourself and ask, you'll compromise. You'll do something thinking that, you know, you don't really know the full weight or the consequences. You think, well, this isn't bad. 
you know, if I do this, because you like you don't see the full picture. So anyway, it says so they bound him, led him away, handed him over. So it says uh, Judas did not know that his actions were going to cause Jesus to be condemned. He had no idea. Like you guys are not aware. You guys, we are not always aware of the things that we do, right? We can have a good intention, which I think again, Judas's intention was to get money, not for Jesus to be condemned. He was aware he was going to betray the Lord, but he didn't know how far it was going to go, right? Have you guys ever given yourselves even a little slack on something like that and not be like, oh crap, I didn't think it was going to be that. Oh, that's way worse than I thought it was. I was not trying to go there. I was not trying to condemn that person, whatever it is, right? All right. So, and here's the bad thing. Check out the response of the chief priests. This is horrible. So he goes there. He says, for I've sinned, for I've betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? What is that to us? They replied, that's your responsibility. Do you know how horrible that is? And let me tell you why this is so horrible. The chief priests still had a job. You had one job, right? They had one job. Their job was to atone for the sins of the people period. Okay. That was their job. Jesus hadn't been crucified yet. It was still in the law that they were to cover people's sins. If they went, if someone went and confessed their sins to the chief priest, their job was to make a sacrifice for that person. They didn't do it. They failed. Why do you think Jesus Christ had to come? Because the very ones he hired to do their job didn't do their dang job. Because of that, they, they, their own beliefs about who they thought God was and how he treated other people was translated in the relationships with other people, led leaving those people to be condemned. So guess what? What did Judas do when he got responded, when, when, when the response he got from the religious community who was supposed to be responsible for covering his sins, right? I keep saying air quotes. Because it still frustrates me. I mean, gosh, I bet you could see this even in today's churches. But I'm not going to get into that right now because that is another conversation. Don't worry. I'll do another video talking about getting your feet washed. Okay, that's going to be vital. So, you know, he it says, so he goes, so Judas threw the money into the temple. He didn't even want the stinking money anymore. Right? And left. Then he went away and hanged himself. So, guess what? This is what happens to people who have not learned to internalize the forgiveness of Christ. Did Jesus not give Judas the, the wine to symbolize the forgiveness? He goes, take it. Take my forgiveness. Here's the bread. Take it. Do you think the Lord was impartial to Judas? Do you think that he was like, oh, well, I like everybody else, but I really don't like you. Like you're going to betray me. Right? Like he's human like we are. You guys know how we can get really offended with people that hurt us? The Lord knew it had to happen. And that's why he said, woe to you. Because of all the shame that that person was going to feel realizing that they were the one who led the Lord off to that. Now, here's the thing. The Lord cannot make you accept what he came to give you. 
If he came to give you forgiveness and mercy and love, right? Isn't that why he came? Forgiveness? He can't make you internalize that. That's going to be on you at the end of the day. But Judas didn't know how to internalize it. You know? He just, he was very isolated in the community that he was in. You know what I mean? And that's really sad. There's so many Christians out there who say that they're not like Judas. But let me tell you, if you have not learned to internalize the grace of God and his forgiveness, you're going to go condemn yourself and hang yourself spiritually and say, oh, I don't deserve that. I don't, you know, oh, you know, God wants to do something good for you. He wants to bless you. All, all in the name of false humility, you're going to reject the blessing because you're going to say you don't deserve it. That's what Judas did. He rejected the forgiveness that God came to give him. He took the bread, he drank the wine, but it was just a physical thing to him. It didn't do anything for his heart and his soul, right? And now check this out. As I said earlier, there's some parallels going on between Peter and Judas, all right? They both did the same thing on the same night. Like I said, betrayal and, and denial, they both feel the same, you guys. Do they not? Does it not feel like a betrayal when someone denies you, denies being in a relationship with you, denies that you said something, denies that they said something? Denial hurts. So does betrayal. It's, denial is what leads to betrayal. It's the same thing. One is the final fruit. The other one is the vehicle, right? But here was the difference between the two disciples. Check this out, you guys. So Judas... He went to the chief priests, said, I've sinned. The chief priests rejected him, did not give, did not give the covering like they were supposed to. Okay, chief priests are fired at this point. Old boy goes off and hangs himself. Peter, on the other hand, Jesus already told him, go back and strengthen your brothers. Right? Peter, he was so thinking he would never do that to the Lord. But check out Peter's response. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them. I don't know the man, right? Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, he will disown me three times. Do you guys know it does not show any account of Judas remembering what the Lord said? Isn't it sad that Judas couldn't remember that, you know what, Lord? You said, take this blood. He said, all drink this blood. Judas drank it. He drank it physically, but he didn't drink it spiritually. He didn't, he didn't understand who he was really with. He didn't internalize that. And that was not on the Lord. Again, there are going to be Christians who are going to walk in condemnation and think that was the Lord's will when the real problem was they were not humble enough to learn how to receive within themselves what they desperately needed, right? The forgiveness, the grace, the mercy, right? It's really, really sad Judas could have went back to his community, right? And I wasn't going to get into this, but maybe, I don't know. We'll see. I guess we're going into this thing. Judas, uh, Judas could have went back with the 11, other 11 disciples because first he got rejected by the structure that was in place for the forgiveness of the sins, which, which was the chief priest. Again, Jesus had not died yet. They were still in charge of that crap. They didn't do their job. Judas, it's too bad he didn't go back to the 11 disciples and say, hey, this is what just happened. I betrayed the Lord. I betrayed innocent blood, right? Do you guys understand that's the whole point of the community of the body of Christ? Do you guys know that's not, that's what the Lord was doing when he goes, you all need to have your feet washed, right? 
You all need to be washed. You're all going to be washed in different things. You've all gone to different places, done different things. Your lives are all different, but you all got to be washed by the same blood. There is a comfort in knowing and being in the community of people who can be real and you can wash your feet with them, right? Go there. Hey, I sinned. I betrayed. Peter, hey, you know what, Judas? I can relate to you, bro. I just denied the Lord when I said I wouldn't do that. That's powerful, you guys. And that's exactly what the Lord was trying to do and saying, this is my blood. Why do you think he says in community? Why do you think when you guys are in church, you take communion? I'm telling you, you take communion as a group of people to remember, this is what we're here for. We're here to wash each other's feet. We should be able to come back here, confess our sins to each other and be healed. That's the whole, that's the whole structure of the church. Jesus said, this is my blood. Drink this in forgiveness of your sins. This is my body, right? And then you guys remember this statement he made when he was uh, in front of the, sh- the Pharisees and all, and, every- and even the disciples. Some of them even walked away because he said to them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. Do you guys know what that means? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. The Lord revealed this to me a while ago. Eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Eating his flesh is you are literally feasting on the revelation that he gives to you every single day. And you drink his blood by accepting he's going to forgive you when you're not walking in it. Boom. Right there, baby. That's going to save your freaking life. All right. You're going to go through.